It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, what I'm looking for tonight, will the tide turn for the UGA offense and how active will the Falcons be? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So in just a little bit, we are going to get game number three in the preseason for the Atlanta Falcons against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Falcons will be home in Mercedes-Benz Stadium as we wrap up the preseason schedule. What am I looking for tonight? Okay. Biggest thing, we already know that the starters are not going to play. So what I, first thing I'm looking for, I want to see the same aggressiveness on defense that we had in week one. Again, I will say, I don't care what the name is on the back of the jersey. I don't care what player is going to be in. What I care about is the logo on the side of the helmet beating guys on Pittsburgh. And I want to see our defense get back to what it was in week one of the preseason where we had the five sacks and the four turnovers and we didn't allow a red zone touchdown. I want to see that. Now the defense played well again last week, but I thought that they did not get as much pressure on guys like Trevor Simeon or Jake Browning, who, you know, was their leading rusher, but they did a good job in the run game. Good job of keeping them out of the end zone, but I didn't see enough I didn't see enough turnovers, didn't see enough sacks more than anything. And that's what I want to see. Like I said, I don't care what the name is on the back of the jersey. Now, I know a lot of people are upset, and we talked about this yesterday or last couple of days, that, you know, well, we're not going to see the starters. Okay, so if you saw the starters for six or ten plays, would that make a whole big difference as to how you evaluate the season? Those reps are more valuable in practice. I mean, that's the reality of it. Lining up and Desmond Ritter lining up against Grady Jarrett is more valuable than lining up against some Joe Bag of Donuts for Pittsburgh who's not going to make their roster. So, again, I don't care that the starters aren't playing. I just want to see our guys beat their guys one-on-ones, whatever. Whatever we draw up, offense, defense, whatever. I just want to see our guys be better than their guys. That's it. And don't get hurt. Nobody hurt. That's the other thing about this, too, is nobody hurt in this game. Because, again, we can't afford to start trying to figure out what the roster is going to be. Now, look, we'll talk about this a little bit later on here in the show. But just everybody stay healthy. Get out of this, you know, come quick tonight. Then we'll get ready to evaluate over the weekend. We get to cuts on Tuesday of next week, and we'll see what happens from there. And we'll talk all about it, you know, again, next week. But again, I just want to see the same aggressiveness on defense that we had in week one. And I want to see some of the turnover. I want to see DeMarco Hellams have three straight games where he's got an interception. I want to see a strip sack fumble. 
I don't care if Ebicady plays or doesn't play, whatever. Like I said, it's all about can we win our one-on-ones against the guys we're lining up against, and, and can we beat them to the punch? That's what I want from tonight. And, and there are certain guys I want to see. Can Jalen Mayfield lock down a spot? Can can some of these – I mean, DeMarco Hellams is a guy who, as well as he has played in the preseason, does he make the 53 or is he going to be on the practice squad? Because they have a lot of safeties. I'm also looking to see, you know, our backup offensive linemen. Um, you know, again, I would like to see some sort of punt return to get a better grasp on who's going to be the punt return guy. But I don't know. I Right now, again, D. Alford may be the leader in the clubhouse. He's not even listed on the top three on the depth chart. So that's how wacky, you know, depth charts are in the preseason. Again, you can't put stock into it. But if it's D. Alford, I'd, I'd like to see him at least return some punts in this game. Or if it's going to be Penny Hart or whatever. It's another thing we have to figure out. The bottom end of our wide receiver group. Is Penny Hart going to make the team? J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Like, those kinds of guys are really what we're looking at. And, and look, Arthur, Arthur Smith talked about this a few weeks ago, that – it's getting hard to make our football roster. And that's a good thing, right? It's getting hard to make our football roster. So while I don't think that there are lots of decisions about who's going to do what, and obviously, look, I, I don't know if Matthew Bergeron's going to play or not. I know he's listed at number one on the depth chart, but even with being a rookie, I don't know if he's going to play or not. So that's going to be up to the Mayfields and guys like that, Ryan Newzell and guys like that, they're going to have to anchor this thing down. I don't even know if Tyler Heineke is going to play uh, tonight. I don't know. If, I don't know if Heineke is going to play or not. Most of it's probably going to be Logan Woodside, obviously. But I just want to see whatever guys are in. Are we winning our one-on-one battles? Are we pushing people on their defensive line from our offensive line? Are we pushing people backward? Is our defensive line or defensive outside linebackers are they getting to the quarterback and sacking them? I don't even know who the Steelers backups are, you know, Kenny Pickett's their starter. Um, I, if it's the kid from Oklahoma state from a few years ago, I don't even know who all their quarterbacks are. I don't care either, but I want to see us win those one-on-ones and create pressure and get after their quarterback and create some turnovers, right? And part of why I create turnovers is you get after the quarterback. He's got to get rid of the ball quicker. He starts getting antsy and he's got to throw it. And he feels like he feels like that clock is ticking in his head and he's got to get rid of the football quicker. It's part of how you get the turnovers. When you get five sacks, it's not surprising that you get a few turnovers to go along with it. So again, let me just see our guys beat their guys in one-on-ones. Won't worry about the name on the back of the Jersey. Yeah. I'll be watching some specific players and such that, you know, again, I'm going to be interested in seeing, Jalen Mayfield is really, I mean, the guy that I want to see. Because, again, at times he's looked like a competent NFL player. At times he's looked like a guy who doesn't belong on the field. That's especially true in pass protection. But when you get him going north and south, he looks like he can, you know, run block for you. Other than that, I'd like to see our punt returners. But I I don't feel like that I have this many questions, really, about this roster. I think we pretty much know – you know, give or take a few spots, what the 53 is going to be. Just want to make sure nobody gets hurt. We don't lose anybody else, you know, and again, with the starters not playing, I feel a little bit better, you know, about all that aspect of it. 
but just let me see our guys win the one-on-one battles. Let me see our offensive line push them backward. Let me see our defensive line go and put the quarterback on the ground and have him get up looking out of his ear hole. That's what I'm hoping for tonight. Very simple. Don't worry about scheme. Don't worry about other kinds of things. Just win our one-on-ones and be better in the in what we when we see our depth. Is our depth better than what the Steelers have? All right, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And listen, Bird Dogs is going to be the best pair of shorts that you have ever worn. They're fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculptured look. And listen, they've got that cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis. And at the same time, they have the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And right now, they're also giving you a gift. So head to birddogs.com slash locked on. That's B-I-R-D-D-O-G-S dot com slash locked on and enter the promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get yourself a free white tech hat with your first order. That's right. A free white tech hat with your order at birddogs.com. That's birddogs.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for the free white tech hat. I promise you're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. They're comfortable. They're great form fitting, and they're going to look great on you when you wear them. Head to birddogs.com slash locked on and get your free gift. So is the tide going to turn offensively from a philosophical standpoint from the, for the Georgia Bulldogs this upcoming season? You know, we saw the other day that Branson Robinson has suffered a season-ending injury, and he's not going to be with the team. Put that on top of the idea of Kendall Milton, who obviously has been dealing with a hamstring, which we don't know when he's going to come back or when he's going to be ready. So you add that into the mix, and it makes me wonder, and and I'm going to read you Kirby Smart quote, but I was talking about this with Chip Towers a few weeks ago, and and I had him on my show, and we were talking specifically about this, that this may be the year where with Carson Beck, and say what you will about Carson Beck, but he's been in the program for a while. He has had experience. This may be the year with the wide receivers and the tight ends that we have that we make that flip over from being this run kind of oriented offense to we huck it around a little bit more. And Chip thinks that that's going to happen. Now, I'm going to read you Kirby's smart quote. And obviously, I, I, I take all of what he says with a grain of salt, okay? Quote, it won't affect our run-pass ratio. We have capable backs. He was one of our better backs. When healthy last year, we think he was the kind of uh, kind of coming into his own. He was learning how to pass protect. He had a really good spring while he was going. So we were really excited about where he was headed. He was explosive, twitchy, could do some things in pass pro and running the ball, and, and that maybe some of the other guys couldn't do. Okay, so again, the, the key takeaway to that is, he says, well, it's not going to affect our run pass. Okay, you don't have you don't have Branson Robinson, you don't have Milton. You don't have, and by the way, none of those guys are that bell cow back. None of those guys are Chubb or Gurley, okay, or Sony Michelle. I mean, not, none of those guys we even have, even, even with Branson Robinson and Kendall Milton, who was involved a lot in the passing game over the last couple of years, even with those guys, they're not Gub or, or sorry, uh, sorry, Chubb and Gurley and Michelle and guys like that. 
So I wonder if, remember Alabama when Lane Kiffin came in to run their offense and for years with Nick Saban, it was pound the football, pound the football, pound the football. Lean on your offensive line. Lean on your running game. Don't turn the football over. Don't take too many chances and let our defense go out there and dominate. And, and we don't have to win 49 to nothing or what have you like that. Okay. Well, fast forward. It's a new era in college football, right? But when Lane Kiffin got to Alabama, all of a sudden that vertical passing game took off. And it became Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley and guys like that. And then eventually it would morph into Tua Tagovailoa, you know, and, and these other quarterbacks, you know, the, the Bryce Youngs and guys like that. It would morph into those guys. And then it was Katie bar the door. We're wide receiver you. I mean, all of a sudden they had four first round wide receivers and, and the philosophy changed. And, and Kirby, or, sorry, Saban went through that on his defense first. You know, he got away from the Mark Barons and the Marcel Dariuses and those and the Mount Cody's of the world to faster, more athletic, quicker guys, and especially at linebacker and safety. Maybe Kirby's going through that metamorphosis, right? And I would not be surprised with Mike Bobo in the fold. And, and Mike Bobo is going to have a lot of trust with Kirby Smart. Besides being, you know, again, knowing each other in the coaching, they're, they're good friends. I mean, they're, they're teammates of, I believe that they're teammates of one another. I think they played for a year together, two years, whatever. But again, they know they intimately know each other. Like there's a heavy relationship there. So there's not a lot of mystery about Mike Bobo and what he is and all that. And Bobo's going to be a guy who's going to open it up. Now, again, look, go, Bobo had some of those running backs that were running back you with the University of Georgia in those days. But I, I wonder if with Carson Beck and this group of wide receivers – the two transfers and the McConkeys of the world and guys that are coming in. And then arguably not just the best tight end in America, but arguably the best pass catcher in America with Brock Bowers. And you've got him for one more year. That's it. You don't have him next year. So you better squeeze all of that juice out of the lemon that you possibly can. And, and I'm interested to see, that I would not be surprised, despite what Kirby says, okay? And I know Kirby is still going to have run tendencies to him. That's never going to go away. Control the clock, run the football, move the chains, and we'll play great defense, and we don't have to go 49 nothing. But with the success that they've had over the last couple of years and the trust that he's had in his quarterback, I think that there's going to be some trust with Beck. I think there's certainly trust with his offensive coordinator, and when you look, the strength of their football team is A, their offensive line, which is outstanding. B, their wide receivers and tight ends, pass catchers, you know, and, and at all. And, and that's the strength of their offense. It's a great offensive line. They can pass protect. And now you have all of these pass catchers available. And it makes me think that maybe this is that evolution that we've been waiting for, right? Maybe this is that evolution that we've been wanting to see the University of Georgia take that step forward like the Alabamas. It's not that Alabama doesn't run the football, but they are built around their quarterbacks and wide receivers and offensive line first and foremost over this last handful of years. And that started with Lane Kiffin when that vertical passing game became a real threat with, with 
the Mari Coopers and the Calvin Ridleys and those, and then obviously the whole first round group, the the Rugs and the Waddles and you know Jalen and Devontae Smith and all. I mean, again, then it really became something. But I wonder if this is with the injuries, and I'm not saying that they're not going to run the football, but sometimes necessity is the mother of invention, right? With two of your top running backs on the shelf, one you know for the year, Milton. I mean, this has been his MO, right? His MO has been that he's always been hurt. And he's been featured a lot more in the passing game at times because you don't feel like you can line him up and just run him 25 times behind a good offensive line. So I'm curious, I will be curious to see that with an experienced quarterback, albeit again, I know he's not a, a big time veteran, but he has been in the program for a few years. He has played before. It's not like he hasn't played ever. It's not like you're talking about a true freshman walking on campus and being thrown in a situation. I think with the veteran experience, the trust in the offensive coordinator, and certainly the amount of pass catchers that we have on this squad, I think this may be the time when Kirby Smart decides to sort of tweak his offensive philosophy and start to maybe turn that dial to a different direction where we start to become a very pass-oriented offense. We'll see. I mean, again, they they play a bunch of vagabonds throughout the schedule. So maybe they feel like they can just run the football, play great defense and win that way. But I would love to see early on, especially can this offense dial itself up? Can we become that explosive offense that we, again, we were an explosive offense last year. Can we continue to turn that dial upward and amplify it even more? All right, as you listen in to Hitting Hard, make sure you go in to whatever podcast platform that you're listening on and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the show. So we thank you so much for being a part of our growing community, but let us know that you're an everyday, or as we like to call them, listening in five days a week to the show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So I'm I'm curious because, again, when we start to get into cuts in the NFL, right, we're going to now have this whole big dump, right? There's not all these staggered cuts that we're used to in the NFL and things like that. Come next Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, evening, whatever it is, there's going to be a 1,000 players that are on the open marketplace. And I thought Arthur Smith had a quote the other day in his press conference, and I believe that this was on Tuesday that he talked about the idea of that I've seen a lot of changes as far as transactions when you get past preseason, that there's been a lot more movement and activity. And he specifically talked about the Titans. He said, you know, we were making lots of transactions when I was with Tennessee. We were, you know, moving a whole lot of guys around. And it got me to thinking about just how active and how busy the Falcons are going to be. You know, again, I would still love to see them spend some of their money and get, you know, Justin Houston or Ngakwe or whatever, you know, Melvin Ingram, just having more pass rush, 
Pass rush, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Can't have too many of those guys sack the quarterback. But I do think that we also need an interior offensive lineman. I want to feel better about our offensive. Look, Bergeron may be a capable guy, but I have my concerns about Drew Dahlman and Matthew Bergeron standing side by side. I don't know that Kyle Hinton is the answer. And if Jalen Mayfield's not going to be here, then he's not the answer either. And you're stuck. I want us to go out and get some guys. I don't want I don't want to risk what we have going on here in Atlanta with this squad and with this team. I don't want to risk all of that. Because again, we've got a chance to be a really good football team. And I don't want to see things like injury or what have you derail it. If you need to go out and get pieces, Terry, go out and get pieces. What's Terry Fontenot's big thing? Pro personnel, right? That was his big thing that he did with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, he was the assistant GM and all. Okay. What his thing was is pro personnel. Not even college, but pro personnel. Finding guys who fit what you want to do that are NFL players and can play right now in the NFL. And that's what I'm looking for. And I do think that based upon some of the comments that you're hearing from Arthur Smith talking about how it's a different league, there are more transactions now, trades and what have you. We were busy in Tennessee. I have the feeling that if they don't like what they have, that they're not going to be afraid to just live with what they've got. You know, Bill Parcells always had a famous quote. He said, look, if I can improve the 53rd man on my roster, I go improve him. I'll, I'll go and find a better guy at the 53rd spot on my roster and improve that guy. I don't know if that guy will ever play, but I want to find a better guy than the 53rd guy I have right now. And that's the philosophy that I always believed in and I want to see us have. If, we, if we're not satisfied with having Kyle Hinton as an interior offensive lineman backup, Go get somebody else. And I'm not even saying Hinton's going to make the team. I'm just saying I'm using his name. Okay? If you're not satisfied with some of these guys, go out and make moves and be aggressive. Why not? I mean, this is the time, right? If we're going to fire our bullets, you know, at a target, let's fire our ammunition. And, but let's also have accurate weaponry and accurate ammunition that it's not going to be something that's just going to go boop. Let's go for it. Not saying we're in, in the Super Bowl or whatever like that, and we're not going to make any big signings. But depth, 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 depth. We're already seeing some of these positions on this football team start to get stretched a little bit. Left guard is getting stretched a little bit. Cornerback, especially the second corner, is getting stretched a bit. And if we need to go out and make some dues, again, remember, we got Andy Levitre right at the right at the beginning of the season. Remember, we made that trade with the Titans to go get Andy Levitre and bring him in, and he was one of the pieces that helped us get to a Super Bowl. And he was a good, capable offensive lineman. Remember, we had Chris Chester start on our offensive line and get us to a Super Bowl. But when we had Ryan Schrader, who's an undrafted guy, right, out of, out of uh, Valdosta, we had an undrafted guy. Then we had Andy Levitre solidifying that right guard spot. Alex Mack with the monster year at center. We felt like we had a pretty good offensive line. And then we made a move late in the year, or I should say right before the beginning of the regular season, late in, late in the preseason process, 
and go grab Levitre. I hope that something like that happens now. Like, again, I don't think that Terry and Arthur are going to sit back on their laurels, but there's a difference between, okay, just kind of taking what comes to you and being aggressive and going after it and going after players. Again, we'll see if there's players that are cut because of cap casualties or what have you when we get to these cutdowns or just a veteran gets beat out by a younger guy. And if I can go cheaper with the younger guy, I'm going to do that versus paying my veteran. Whatever the situation or scenario is, I'm fine with all of it. But I want this this organization to continue to stay aggressive and not be satisfied, even though we've seen good things and we feel like our personnel is better and we're headed in the right direction and all these kinds of things. Now is not the time to take your foot off the gas pedal. Let's be, to quote a former coach of the Falcons, let's be all gas and no brakes. Let's actually put that terminology and that falderall into action. Not just empty words. Let's put it into action. All gas, no brakes. That's what I want to see. And as we continue to get this thing on track, let's continue to build this roster and let's be aggressive in acquiring players and our personnel path as well. Not just feel like, okay, these are our guys and we're good to go. Let's keep improving on this roster. And that's what Terry Fontenot, again, that's where he made his bones in New Orleans. And this is one of his big strengths. So hopefully we'll spend some money. We'll go get some guys. And I don't know what's going to be out there, but we'll figure it out from there. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard your first listen. Be sure to go in and whatever podcast platform that you're listening on, let us know that you're an everyday listener to our show. So we call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community. You can check us out and subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on the SiriusXM app as well. Give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We'll talk about uh, the game tonight, tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.